The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853. Or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your first appointment. Today, today we're talking about hip pain, leg spasms, and sciatic. It has... A lot of them have to do together. And I feel as if for a lot of those specifically, well, when we talk about hip pain, when we talk about spasming of the leg, sciatic, they're all very different things. Though that being said, the cause is very common to be close to the same. And often I feel as if when we're trying to treat it from kind of that standard medical model, standard of care, we don't often get down to the cause of the problem. So that's honestly where we want to look at. Like, how do we get to the cause? So I'm going to give you some reasons, uh, types of hip pain, reasons why you might have leg spasms. That way you can start going down because if you've ever had hip pain or leg spasms you know that it is a very bad place to be and more recently we really have been seeing quite a bit of individuals who've seen great results in our office and so it made me think that you know people come to chiropractors often for headaches neck pain and back pain though that being said the testimonies more recently have been blood pressure improvements vertigo improvements and hip and knee pain, hip and knee pain have been really common these last several weeks. So I feel like we've talked about vertigo before. I feel as if we've talked about blood pressure before, and but we've not really talked about hip and knee pain. So that's where we're going to stem today. What is causing and what are some solutions? So before that, we've got some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar Protesters a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. The health benefits of a random act of kindness. This is our health in the news today. I'm, I love this. So there is, did you know, there is a holiday, you know, just like, I, I think it's kind of like when there's like donut day or, but this is, this is not donut day. This is 
Random Act of Kindness Day. They want you to be a reactivist, but it's a random act of kindness activist. Here's why. Spreading kindness not only helps others feel better about themselves, it can also boost the giver's health and happiness, according to research. It's a win-win for all. Here's why. A helper's high. So putting the well-being of others before our own without expecting anything in return or what is being called being called altruistic stimulates the reward centers of your brain, studies show. Those feel-good chemicals flood our system, producing a sort of quote-unquote helper's high, right? Like feel so good. Volunteering, for example, has been shown to minimize stress and improve depression. That's not all. The same activity can also reduce the risk for cognitive impair and even help us live longer. One reason for this, experts say, is because kindness contributes to our sense of community and belonging, and that studies have found is a key contributor to health to healthy, longer living. So it helps, they found, with blood pressure, lowering blood pressure. So one studied uh, asked a group of hypertensive people to spend $40 on themselves, while another group of people with high blood pressure were told to spend the money on others. They found that those who spent the money on others had lower blood pressure at the end of a six-week study. In fact, the benefits were as large as those from healthy diet and exercise. There you go. You're like, oh, you want to help your blood pressure? You're like, diet and exercise, or just spend $40 on someone else. You should still diet and exercise though. But I think it just goes to show from a mindset component, just some of the really great health benefits that are extended through there, right? Uh, Pain reduction. Giving seems to lessen our pain. A recent study found that people who said that they would donate money to help orphans were less sensitive to an electrical shock than those who declined to give. (laughs) Uh, it's not funny. I just thought about what that would be like when someone's like, hey, you want to do this research study? And they're like, yes, here, donate this money. Here's an electrical shock. (laughs) Uh, In addition, the more helpful people thought their donations would be, the less pain they felt. How could this be? The study found that the regions of the brain that react to painful uh, stimulation appear to be instantly deactivated. By the experience of giving. Happiness, another great one. Uh, In the UK, researchers found that being kind could boost happiness in as little as three days. The study assigned people to three groups. The first group had to do an act of kindness each day. The second group tried a new activity and the third group did nothing. The groups who were kind and did novel things saw a significant boost in happiness. You'll experience even greater joy if you're creative with your acts of kindness. Happiness researchers uh, found that people who did a variety of acts of kindness throughout the week showed greater increases in happiness than those who perform the same activity over and over again. And here's the good news. It seemed acts of kindness can be anonymous or visible, spontaneous or planned, and can be as simple as giving a compliment or opening a door for someone. So here are some of the kindness suggestions that they talk about. While driving, make room for the car that wants to enter your lane. Give a genuine compliment to a family member, friend, or colleague. It can be via text, email, video chat. 
do the same for your boss. Oh, that's nice. They probably never get compliments. Oh, um, let go of a grudge and tell some, tell that person you forgive them. Be there for a friend having a tough time. Don't try to fix it. Just listen. (laughs) Um, I have something that has been very helpful in my life that I learned from a mentor years and years and years ago. And it was this, um, It was actually a a husband talking about him interacting with his wife and she would like unload all of this stuff at the end of the day. And he would be like, well, did you do this? And did you do that? And she would get so mad. And he realized, you know, they've married for a couple decades at this point. And he would say, do you need me to listen or do you want me to fix it? And he said, majority of the time, she'd say, I just want you to listen, right? Like, well, have you tried? Did you do this? And it was like, no, I want you to fix it. I just need you to listen, right? Like, let me unload. Don't try to, to, so anyways, be there for a friend having a tough time. Don't try to fix it. Just listen. Uh, Leave your mail carrier a thank you note. Over tip your delivery person. And they say the excuse that people use so often is, but I'm so tired. This sounds like my four-year-old. But mom, I'm so tired. Uh, they say that's more than fair. Many people are overworked and have lost their job during the pandemics and are worried about their children and elderly relatives. Consider being kind to yourself in the midst of the chaos. We all need a break. So they said for more ideas, you can um, look at the Random Acts of Kindness Foundation. They also have a list um, organized by work, community, environment, animals, strangers, kids, seniors, and more. So you're making the world a better place, they say. But don't forget, any kindness you give to others is also a gift to yourself. So I thought that was so nice, right? I think those are just times that were like, you know it's an act of kindness, just not being a jerk when you drive, like let somebody in, (laughs) like that literally can change your mood, lower your blood pressure, reduce your pain. It's just one of those things. So my challenge to you is this week, can you do one random act of kindness to people around you? See how your world changes. Simple. So when we come back, hip pain, knee pain, leg pain, we've got a whole show about it next (laughs) You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at Freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or check us out online to schedule your appointment, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Now, are you experiencing hip or knee pain? They are often 
connected. I not feel like it, but um, head, shoulders, hips, knees, and toes. <laughs> uh, now, it is very common that people come in with hip pain. So there are different types of hip pain you could be experiencing, right? Um, what I see very often is that it could be from something called osteoarthritis. So remember, osteo means bone. Arthritis is degeneration. So it's degeneration of bone. That's why you can have osteoarthritis in your hips. You can have osteoarthritis in your knees. You can have osteoarthritis in your spine. Um, right? Like osteoporosis. Like it's bone softening. Osteo is bone. So, but we're talking about osteoarthritis. So um, this is most common where they feel like they're stiff or there's swelling in a joint, or there's joint degeneration. Um, oftentimes with osteoarthritis, there's loss of a cartilage that comes in there. Um, now, when we talk about osteoarthritis, I think this is really important because people hear of osteoarthritis. Uh, oftentimes, it'll kind of interchanged with degenerative joint disease as well in the spine. It's often uh, degenerative disc disease. They use it uh, somewhat synonymously, like the same. Now, osteoarthritis is a wear and tear. This is really important, right? So you have your hips. Like if I was to say, put your hands on your hips and you feel the top of those bones. That's your ilium. And at the bottom of that is actually where your, your hip ball, like you have a ball and socket joint, right? Like your hip attaches inside of there. Now, extra wear and tear, there's something called Wolf's Law. So Wolf's Law, it's a, it's a law that is if you have unequal stress and pressure on a joint, the joint changes. And people understand this quite a bit with lower extremities, hips and knees. Right? Oftentimes people go in to the doctor and they say, well, doc, I've got hip pain. And they're like, well, yeah, it's because you have arthritis. And they're typically referring to osteoarthritis. And the patient says, well, what's the arthritis from? And the doctor says, well, it's just old age. And then my, my question is always, so if, if, you ha if it's from old age, how come you have arthritis in that hip and not that hip? Right? Because how old is your left hip compared to your right hip? But what happens is if you take that, the, that pelvis and you rotate it, that unequal wear and tear is going to wear on that hip or that knee joint faster, right? So that's where you say over the course of time that that joint space wears down. And that's one too where oftentimes you'll see inflammation that comes with this, right? So um, inflammation, people will say, I have bursitis, right? So in between that ball and head, like that socket, this joint, the hip socket, you have um, a small jelly-like sac, also known as a bursa, that's kind of like um, a lubrication, right? It's made it so that the, that ball joint can move with ease inside of there. But when you look at our, our bursitis, Anytime you hear itis, gosh, you guys are learning so many med medical terminologies today. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> um, bursitis is inflammation of the bursa. Bursitis. Bursitis. Um, 
you know, because people are always like, oh, I've got bursitis. And you're like, why? Like, why is that bursa inflamed? And again, why is it often off most commonly? It's not on both. It's not bilateral. It's just on one side. Well, what is it that made it so that just on that one side, it's inflamed, it's, but not the other, right? And so again, when you're looking at this unequal wear and tear on this joint, it's one where it causes loss of cartilage, it causes joint degeneration, um, but so when we look at like the, the terminology, we're like, oh, it's just inflamed. Oh, there's arthritis. So it could be where they, they take an x-ray of the hip and they say, well, the joint space looks really good, right? So it's not really arthritis. So the bursa is probably just mad. Well, why is the bursa mad, right? Like this is one where we get to and you're like, what's causing the pain? And they're like arthritis, inflammation. And you're like, well, what's causing that? Why is it only in that one joint? Why is the, you know, bursa in other places of your body not inflamed why is it just why is it just the knee why is it just that hip right why is it one hip and then the other you know and they'll say you know and this sometimes you'll hear like oh it's just overuse right athletes people who are physically active um but then again why like if we have this excessive joint wear right you're doing a lot of these things over and over and over again you know, one thing, if it's one-sided, it might make a little bit more sense, you know, like a pitcher for softball or baseball. But that's the minority of cases that come into our office with these kind of chronic overuse. So it's still going back down to like why. No one has actually talked about why there's this, you know, inflammation and in, in bursa. Well, and again, if you take your pelvis, right, right, your hands on your hips, that's the top of your ilium, and you rotate it, the way that that ball enters into the hip is going to be different. You know, I see this a lot with athletes too, is that your quadriceps, so the muscles that are on the front of your thigh, and your hamstrings, the muscles that are on the back of your thigh, attach onto your pelvis, your ilium. So like your hamstrings, if you ever like sit down and you're like, oh, I've got a butt bone, that's your, that's your ischial tuberosity, right? Also known as your butt bone. I, you guys need to know that I'm like an actual doctor so we don't use like butt bone terminologies but and you know, I also want you to know what I'm talking about and most people don't know what an ischial tuberosity is but like your butt bone when you sit down so that right in there your hamstrings attached to so if you're like oh gosh my hamstrings are just tight well are your hamstrings tight because your pelvis is rotated and where that's literally attaching is now different from left to right Right. So people are like, oh, you might notice that your gait, the way that you walk is a little bit different. You might feel like you have to swing your hip. Um, some symptoms of the fact that your pelvis might be rotated. Or if you do like general range of motions and you hear your hip popping or like clunking, that's a very good sign that your pelvis is rotated. Uh, if you notice that there's unequal wear and tear on your heels of your shoes or the bottom of your pants that's again another sign that your pelvis is likely rotated and so what happens is when we get this hip pain we go to the general practitioner and we're like hey I've got this terrible hip pain it's making it so I can't function be active or walk what should I do and they're like perfect I have some steps for you right like what what should we do and the number one that I typically see is that they're like, hey, let's do some anti-inflammatories. If it's inflamed, some NSAIDs, some non-steroidal, so don't worry, it's not steroids, anti-inflammatory drugs. It is the primary way to treat mild or moderate pain when they think it's from inflammation, right? So, so my first question is, 
is your hip pain caused from a lack of anti-inflammatories? You know, and they'll do ibuprofen or they'll do um, like Celebrex, which is a um, COX-2 inhibitor. Aspirin is another one. They'll look at diclofenac, which is another really common one, right? So they're like, it's, you know, no big deal. It's just inflamed. So go ahead. You can, you can take this. Some just general anti-inflammatories. And so my brain is always like, well, is it a lack of, is it a, is it a lack of Celebrex that caused it? Is it a lack of ibuprofen that caused it? And this is the one too, where I see people come in and they're like, oh, no big deal. I've been on, you know, Motrin or, um, Advil or Aleve and I've been taking them and I'm like how long have you been taking them for and they're like oh you know it's just like at night before I go to bed for like the last two years or I see people who are like I can't take it anymore because my liver started to shut down my kidney started to shut down it ate holes in my stomach and you're like oh and then when you stop taking it, what happened to your hip pain oh it just came right back mm, okay you want to know why it's because your body was trying to tell you there's something else underlying going on why is this just the comment? And it, the answer is, is because oftentimes treatment is we don't know how else to treat it. So we're just going to give you a pill that makes you not feel it. Well, it doesn't get to the cause of the problem. Another one that I find is I'd say, well, if that doesn't work, we'll try physical therapy. Right. Now, if this is something that, you know, physical therapy is really great for a muscle or a ligament related problem. But then, right, because the hip joint is a deep joint. It's surrounded by almost 30 muscles. And so physical therapy aims to strengthen these muscles, try to increase flexibility, um, range of motion. But here's what I'll see. And it might help people, and it helps people more so while they're doing it. But then when they stop, it comes back. And my question is, again, right, I use like the hamstring, the muscles in the back of your thigh, is an example is that you're saying, gosh, my hamstring's really tight. Well, we can we can stretch it, but if your pelvis is still rotated and that where it attaches is higher on one side than the other, well, of course it's going to be tight, right? It's compensating. Your hamstring is compensating from the fact that you have rotation in your pelvic girdle. So why your hip is hurting, you're still trying to just mask symptoms. It might give you some palliative relief, but is it still getting to the root cause of that, right? So we're working. And then the other one, too, that I see so much is well, we should just go in and do injections, right? There's just pain relief injections. And you're like, but if I'm not getting to what's causing it, then you're injecting the joint for pain relief as opposed to orally taking it for pain relief. But still, why does your hip hurt? Why is your hip hurt? What is causing the problem? And so my, what I encourage you to do and why we've often been so successful in this is if you're not getting to the cause of the problem, you are masking symptoms. And then when you stop doing those things, the cause just comes back. And the problem is that when the cause comes back, it's somewhat of a snowball effect, right? Because what happens is you've masked that pain to do the things you wanted to do to be active. So you took all of the signals that your body said to quit doing it, stop doing this really hurts. You're like, should be quiet want to listen you keep doing it it makes that arthritis worse because you're not getting to the cause so when you stop taking it because your liver or kidney start shutting down all of a sudden the pain comes back even worse than it was before why because you for the last five years have been ignoring it and allowed it to get worse we have to do things differently <laughs> the definition of insanity doing the same things over and over and expecting a different result 
So when we return, we will talk about what it looks like to get to the cause of the problem, possible solutions, and I'm going to touch base on leg spasms. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Just a young gun with a quick fuse. I was uptight, want to let loose. I was dreaming of bigger things and want to leave my own life behind. Not a yes, sir. Not a follower. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Super simple. You just have to head onto the website, GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com, and you should be able to schedule an appointment. It's incredibly simple. Now, we are talking about hip pain types, some reasons why you might have hip pain. Now, this is one where when we touched base on the types of hip pain and common standard medical practices for hip pain, right? Anti-inflammatories, injection, physical therapy, but still just question on how, how much that gets to the cause, now, this is one where often if you heard, hey, you, you want to know why your hip hurts? It's because you have arthritis. Most people will think, well, then there's no hope. But when we talk about the wear and tear, now, what, one of the things that we talked about, right? If you put your hands on your hips, right? This is how we do anatomy class over the radio. This is honestly really hard. Uh, you put your hands on your hips. That's your ilium, right? And that bone attaches all the way down. It's the same bone that attaches to your butt bone when you sit on it. That is all one bone. It's part of your pelvis, right? So when we're looking at that ilium, if you take it and rotate it, that's one where where that hip, the ball socket actually goes in, is going to rotate. Oftentimes, people, if you want to know just from like a general standpoint, and this is not like a diagnostic tool by any means, but if you ever feel like... um, when you walk, if your hip pops, if you like lay back and you do like a bicycle and your hip pops in and out, like if you feel that joint kind of like slip out, you hear thunking um, or clicking, that's often sign that that, that pelvis is rotated. Um, if you notice your gait, like you kind of feel like you have to swing your leg a little bit to get the proper gait, that might be a sign. If you see that your um, the soles of your shoes or your pants wear differently, Again, often another sign of pelvic rotation. And when you have that rotation, here's the problem, is that um, you can get adjusted your whole entire life. And if we were to look at your spine, right, if we take an x-ray and we say, goodness, your pelvis is rotated, that's going to put extra wear and tear on your hip. It's going to make it so that where your quadriceps, your front thigh muscles or hamstrings, your back thigh muscles insert will be different. So you can get adjusted from like what the average person knows from chiropractic is pain-based, 
So you can go your whole entire life and it's not going to change the structure of your spine. Our specialty, what we do, which is what less than 2% of chiropractors in the world do, the doctors in our office, actually look at structural correction. And this is one where they say, oh, the, just the, well, the doctor said my leg is short. Well, anatomically speaking, <laughs> uh, if you had a fractured femur, you know, growing up or whatever, previous history of fracture, or if you have a joint replacement, hip or knee, then there may be a likelihood of anatomical discrepancy. Though that being said, if you haven't had any of those, the likelihood of you actually having an anatomical discrepancy is is low. So unless you had someone who came out with a measuring tape, an actual measuring tape to measure from your belly button to your ASIS, right, to the internal part of your knee, down to your heel, like if they haven't done those actual measurements on both sides, if they haven't looked at a standing versus a seated x-ray, right, like, well, they took an x-ray and they said my my leg is short. Well, did they take one standing and sitting? Because you have to take out that leg length discrepancy. So if they haven't gone through, they just said, oh, hey, you were standing and you took an x-ray. Look, look at your hip. Now your leg is short. No, because if your pelvis is rotated, right, and one pelvis is lower and one pelvis is higher, it might appear that your leg is short, but anatomically, there is no discrepancy. So then all of a sudden they say, you know, it's a good idea. Let's throw in a heel lift. But they've never actually verified if you were anatomically discrepant. They just said, oh, on an x-ray, your hip looks lower, so your leg must be shorter. Here's your problem. Here's a heel lift. Go on with your day. And you're like, no, absolutely not. And if you do have that leg lift, did they actually do an x-ray with it in to see what it did to the pelvis and the lumbar spine? Did it rotate it more? Did you have a compensating scoliosis because now it's shoving your lumbar spine to the side? So pay attention. It's important. So you have to get to the cause. So what we do, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, is we specialize on correcting the structure. So we actually do pre and post x-rays in our office to make sure that there's no, um, one, we do non-weight bearing x-rays to ensure that it takes out any leg length discrepancy. If we need to do standing to verify if there is one, we can. But again, what we find is majority of the time it has to do with pelvic unleveling and rotation. But if you're not getting to the cause and correcting the structure, I mean, you can get adjusted your whole entire life and take x-rays, you know, now in one year and in five years, and your x-rays will look the same. So you say, oh, I tried chiropractic. It didn't help with my hip pain. But no one's actually looking at correcting the, the structure of your spine. If people aren't honing in on structure, that's, that is causation. Most of the time when you're looking at things like osteoarthritis, it's wear and tear. Why? Because your pelvis is rotated. You have a massive amount of un- unleveling, and that's why your bursa is inflamed, Right. So you can take all the Advil that you want in the world, but if you're not getting to the cause of the problem, then then that's why you feel like you're just chasing symptoms. The second thing that I find more often than not is that though we feel like it is intrinsic hip pain, often when individuals have this like deep, boring ache inside of their hip, it's actually sciatica. So, and we say, well, gosh, but my my lower back doesn't hurt. It doesn't have to. 7% of those exiting nerves go to things that feel pain. 93 are functions. Your your sciatic nerve is made up of L4 and 5, S1, 2, and 3. So hands on your hips and kind of follow it around like straight back, that's probably around where your like L3 is. So a little bit lower than that from is that triangle bone underneath. Those nerves come together to form your 
sciatic nerve. Your sciatic nerve travels into the buttocks, travels down the back. The nerves divide divide into two branches above your knee, and then um, they go into your calf, into your feet. So it is very common that when we have this hip pain, we just assume it's hip joint. And it's, again, oftentimes where individuals will go to the doctor, they'll say, oh, I don't know what's going on, right? It's because you're, we took an x-ray and your hip looks great. You've got great spacing. We don't know why your hip hurts so much. But what they're failing to see is that if there's any compression through those spinal nerve roots, L4, 5, S1, 2, and 3, then, then the hip itself looks fine. But, but the, what they can't see is the compression. They're not paying attention to the lumbar sacrum. And so those are the ones that run through the hip itself. So there are so many times where you're looking, you know, the pain is aggravated by activities, bending forward, sitting, coughing, sneezing, if it involves a disc. Um, but then where we're looking at the hip itself, you're like, I can't figure out why we're doing all of these things for the hips, but the hip isn't feeling better. And it is oftentimes because people are failing to realize that the 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 symptom is hip pain, but the cause is actually sciatic nerve compression. But it's often missed because the practitioner, because it doesn't radiate all the way down the leg, right? So if you're like, okay, does that pain radiate down into your thigh, into your calves or your toes, and you say no, then mentally that practitioner rules out sciatic and stops looking at the lumbar and sacrum. When in reality, it very well could be, it's not radiating down that far yet. And so again, if you're finding this is a problem, then you have to find a practitioner that is very, very specific at looking at getting to the cause of the problem. And that is often in our office as well when we look at causation. Especially when I see these things, it's not usually hip pain that started a week ago, right? Like I woke up yesterday, I had hip pain and went to go see Dr. Liam Schluter at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, right? Like it's just usually not how it works. Usually these people have gone through stretching and strengthening and physical therapy and injections and now they're just dealing with it and they're not active or, you know, they notice that there's some weakness. They're struggling to get up and down stairs. Um, And so they've tried all of the conservative management for hip pain, right? I've done the heat, I've done the cold, I've done the massage or whatever, you know. And so if it was muscle or ligament related, typically those things resolve within a week or two. And if they haven't, if it's been more of that time, one of the things we're going to want to look at is a non-weight-bearing lumbar x-ray. What is going on to the pelvic girdle? Because we'll see that ilium is what it's called. So you're put your hands on your hip. It's going to allow us to see rotation. It allows us to take out any leg length differential to see is this really caused from pelvic misalignment that's causing the hip pain? Is this caused because there's something going on with the sacrum or the lumbar spine? And so oftentimes too, if you have that rotation and leveling, if you have that ongoing wear and tear, when you start to correct the structure, right? You derotate the pelvis, you start to level that back up. It takes that additional wear and tear off of that hip. So when people say, hey, I have arthritis, you know, we kind of look, depending on the severity and the advancement of it, we might not be able to get rid of what has happened already. But the more that you're able to level out the pelvis and take off that unequal wear and tear, stop that further progression of degeneration. There was one study that was done 
by the Journal of Manipulative and Physiological Therapeutics that was performed in 2010 actually found that hip osteoarthritis was improved with chiropractic care. So what they found was that uh, more than four out of five patients with hip arthritis noticed improvement uh, in their symptoms after nine or fewer chiropractic adjustments, right? And guess what? Guess what? Chiropractic adjustments aren't going to make your liver and kidney shut down. Chiropractic adjustments aren't going to have a problem with your heart, right? Because that's and NSAIDs typically are. Why? Because it gets down to their cause. And they can, and again, we can rule out being very specific. And that's what that's what an exam and consultation is needed for, right? So many offices that are near my office that pride themselves on no exam. No exam, no x-rays. And I'm like, well, you know, you get what you pay for, right? You're like, when was the last time you're like, you know what dentist I want to see? The one that does no exam and x-rays and just goes as fast as they can and they're cheapest in town. Like, get out of here. Get to the cause. Like, a detailed exam, a comprehensive exam and x-rays, if needed, are so important, right? Or else we're saying, hey, you know what? Let's just throw something at it and see if it sticks. Well, no wonder it didn't work for you, right? You're choosing the cheapest, quickest, less specific treatment you can possibly find. Do better. But what about leg spasms? Does that have anything to do with that? And we'll talk about that next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Schedule an appointment. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That's GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule an appointment. That is one I will tell you. If you're trepidatious, if you're fearful, if you're terrified, you're on the fence, the best thing that I could tell you is come in and at least go through an initial exam and consultation. I'll never forget I had a gentleman who came in. Oh gosh, he's been a patient now for like seven or eight years. And he said, do you want to know why I came to see you first and not my medical doctor? And in my head, I'm like, well, actually, yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Why? <laughs> and he said, because I knew that you would be more apt to send me to my medical doctor than my medical doctor would ever be to send me to you. And I was like, that is, that is fair. That is very fair. You know, if there's a need, we refer out. People sometimes think we're like anti-medicine. We're not anti-medicine. Medicine has a time and a place. But there's so often times that I feel like there is a... Failure to reach causation, right? Like we're a system that masks symptoms. We don't ever get to the cause. And then we get frustrated with it and we can't figure out. And then that's where we like drug it, drug it, drug it. And if it works, we do surgery. And you're like, but none of that still got to the cause. <laughs> like, how do we get to the cause? That is what we want to do. 
how do we get to the cause? And so that is often one when we talk about hip pain that is it causing from a structural problem that's causing unequal stress and pressure through that hip and that's what's causing the pain is you might be getting adjusted, but if you're not actually looking at correcting the cause of the problem, right? If your hips are still rotated, unleveled, if they said, oh, you know, this has been going on for years, but no big deal. We don't need to look at more diagnostic imaging such as x-rays. You know, it's just, they're just, that's why you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Is it coming from your lumbar or sacrum, right? Is it actually referral pain? Like I had a woman who had deep boring, that's how she described it, like this boring, not like, like, but like this is deep, boring hip pain, you know, and uh, ended up referring her out for an MRI and she had like a massive herniated disc. And so we changed the power adjusting her and she saw phenomenal results, right? So just kind of getting to, to the cause, getting to the cause. You need to find a doctor who's getting to the cause. Now, secondarily, um, leg spasms. Let's talk leg spasms. Uh, leg spasms or muscle cramps are involuntary muscle contractions that fail to release. Now, often when we get like muscle cramps and muscle spasms, they could be mild, they could be more moderate, they could last a few seconds, they could last minutes. Um, most of them resolve by themselves. Where when I tell, yeah, we are actually at the office, we're talking about this um, this past week because I was like, I need a topic for my show. And the patient said, hey, you talk about hip pain and leg spasms. And immediately someone's like, oh, magnesium. And someone else is like, eat bananas. Someone else is like, drink more water, right? And I'm like, those are all very good answers. But did you know that the most common reason, the most common cause of leg spasms is actually nerve compression? Not nerve compression in your legs, nerve compression in your lower back. So the nerves in your lower back are the ones that go to serve all of the muscles in your legs, right? So for you to wiggle your toes, for you to like kick somebody, for you to walk. Um, leg spasms most commonly come from compression in the nerves in your lumbar and sacrum. But what's crazy is that when you go to your medical doctor, it is very common that they'll just say, oh, right, like here's a drink more, right, like all the common things, drink more water and do that. And is can that have an effect? Yes. Yes, it can. But majority of the times it's coming. But, you know, it's hard for our brain to think, what is compression in a nerve in my back going to make it so that I have a calf cramp? And that's one where like for you to wiggle your toes, that comes from L4, your gastrocnemius, right? Do you know what your gastrocnemius, so many medical terms today. Your gastrocnemius is your calf, right? Your calf muscle, gastrocnemius. So your gastrocnemius is innervated by your S1 and S2, the sacral nerves that come out of like your lower. So like uh, if you put your hands on the back, you can kind of feel where there's like ridges, if you go down just a little bit, that's actually your sacrum. It's a triangle bone. Yeah. 
So your calf muscle actually has a nerve innervation from your lower back, right? When you're looking at like your quadriceps and your hamstrings, that's lumbar. So that's like your lower back. And so, so oftentimes we try to blame these muscle spasms on dehydration, which can exacerbate it. But again, when you're looking primarily, what we see is it's compression of the nerves, but the problem is more so with, same thing with muscle twitching, right? Leg twitching, again, it's overfiring of the nerve, overexertion. Um, because there's not a pill, because there's not necessarily a surgery, it's one that we try to go to all of the other things, right? Dehydration, yes, it, it could be, right? Are you drinking enough water? Um Vitamins deficiency, sometimes, but not long-term. Electrolyte imbalance, yeah, right? You can have, um, like bananas, why they always say bananas for muscle spasm is potassium. Bananas are really high in potassium. Muscles have a sodium potassium gradient for them to contract. And so like if you're on a really, really, really low sodium diet, it could oftentimes be because you don't have enough sodium. You don't have water for that. Potassium could help too. Have a banana, have some you know, coconut water. Those are all the things. But if you realize that they're not really touching it, it's likely because really that's not your dehydration is not the cause. It just, you know, I think one of the reasons why I love our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic so much is that it's really one where, yes, we care about your symptoms, but we want to know what's causing the symptoms. Our goal is not to mask the symptoms. And that is one of the reasons why we have, um, you know, people who have been in our office for now 10 plus years because of the sheer fact that our goal, you know, and it's not to say nothing ever comes up, but the more we're able to get to the root cause of the problem, that's where people see true results. And that's inevitably what we want to do. I don't think anyone comes in and, well, that's not true. There are a handful of people who come in and are like, yep, just I'm here to manage symptoms, right? Like, I don't want to get to the cause. I don't want, that's a lot of work. And in my brain, I'm like, you know, it's a lot of work when you leave the cause there. And in five and 10 years, it has had five or 10 years to develop and get worse. You know, when you talk about arthritis, I always, the, especially like the spine, I talk often, like people understand teeth. Imagine you have a cavity that you went home and someone's like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go home and think about this cavity. You know, on its own, does that cavity get better, stay the same or get worse? It gets worse. Why? Why does it get worse? Because it's tooth decay. And that's what happens with the process of tooth decay. Guess what happens to the process of spinal decay? The same thing right? But people haven't taught you about that. So we have this decay going on in our body. We have this wear and tear. We have all of this stuff. And we're like, oh, the bursitis. I just take Advil for a couple of days and I'm good. And you're like, your body is screaming at you with a symptom and all you're doing is ignoring it. You're quieting it and you can't figure out why you keep getting worse in all other areas of your life. Guys, you have to get down to the root cause. And that's what we want to do is to be able to equip you with that. Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853 or listen you don't even have to call or text us you can literally just hop on your phone go to greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com hop online and go through it schedule an appointment 
And if you say, hey, I'm not even sure if this is going to be the right place for me. Well, listen, I don't know if we're going to be the right place for you. But that is why we do a comprehensive consultation and exam. Let's see what's going on. Let's get down to the root cause of the problem and see what you can do so you can get back to doing the things you enjoy in living life. That's what you deserve, right? Good. 317-893-2853. or greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's Greenwood family chiropractic.com i appreciate you tuning in look forward to next week but always remember that your power is on